the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. This winter is an incredible time to be a sports fan with the NBA in full swing, NFL postseason picture coming together. The baseball free agent season is finally here. A couple of big signings recently, plenty more to come, I'm sure. And the NHL is two weeks away from a go, we think. The Athletic delivers everything you need on every sports story that matters. Download the app, follow your favorite teams and leagues, and get a personalized feed of ad-free content you simply cannot get anywhere else. Visit theathletic.com slash track today for 40% off your first year subscription. I'm there now. J.J. Watt is pissed. <laughs> uh, the Seahawks have clinched. There's been a bunch of back and forth on Urban Meyer, which I think we're going to touch on soon because the coaching carousel might be more interesting than the quarterback carousel after really kind of diving into the numbers of this quarterback situation, which we'll get to at some point, I'm sure. But plenty to talk about. Like I mentioned, every sport has something happening right now, including tennis, which is supposed to be gearing up for its big first major, the Australian Open. No Roger Federer. Still going to be plenty of uh, plenty of drama in that, though. I think Australia has got their stuff together with this COVID situation. So hopefully that can get off without an issue. Like I said, theathletic.com slash spot track, 40% off your first year 2021 subscription. Let's bring in Scott Allen right out of the gate. Talk some NFL, talk some NBA, plenty to get to. Scott, here's where I'm going to start. Of course, it's not going to be anything you're expecting. I thought it was a phenomenal idea, right? Two, two months of Christmas shopping, mostly online, of course. I have three daughters and I found a three-in-one game table for their playroom. Pool, foosball, air hockey, right? Nicely built, you know, nicely constructed. It's got, you know, metal clasps so you can quickly like flip the, 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 the table over and change the gameplay. It's all everything. All the pieces were kind of in place except for they weren't Scott. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Except for they weren't. So this was a Christmas morning. Wow. Look what we got. And then I'm like, wow, I really want to play this. And it is two and a half days later. And I'm still putting together foosball players because every single player oh. <laughs> requires three screws and you can't use the drill because they're, you know, the machine, they're yep. machine screws and you're going to strip the hell out of this thing. So what, what I thought was the best gift ever, you know, everybody's going to be able to benefit from this. Even mom can get involved. Everybody can play this thing. Maybe we'll have this by February and uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> Definitely a Christmas fail, at least out of the gate. Have you had anything similar maybe this year or in the past? Mm. Or are you way smarter than me? (laughs) I can't think of any fails off the top of my head. No. We're we're overwhelmed with uh, the Legos right now. We've got like seven kits and the Hogwarts and Diagon Alley. And so nice. we're, we're overflowing with the Legos all over the house and tripping over bags and, and everything right now. So uh, maybe, maybe we didn't think that too uh, well. Yeah, you'll be out of the house sooner than we will. Right. I mean, Virginia doesn't <laughs> snow forever at least, but uh, all right. Yeah. Good stuff. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Let's get to some NFL. Plenty of good action today. And uh, look, I got to be honest. It's kind of, it's always a weird time of year for me because these games all matter for the most part. And, uh, you know, hopefully, which uh, you as well, you're in some sort of fantasy postseason in one of your nine leagues. And uh, so it's relevant in that regard. You know, maybe you're playing some DFS 
So there's relevancy in that regard. So there's all this, these important things happening in week 16 and week 17. And yet I am literally up to my ankles in roster cuts for 2021 because that's what we're doing. I mean, that's kind of where we go when we flip the switch here. And it's, it's gnarly this year, Scott. I mean, the names I'm putting on this list because of the numbers, because of the dead cap situation, because of the team situation, it's not good. Now, I'm certainly not 100% right on this every year, but I'm getting better and better at kind of anticipating from a positional standpoint, uh, you know, just what is, what's too much generally in terms of cap figures, uh, you know, what kind of dead cap teams are willing to take on, and that's, that's a sliding scale as it is. But I'm telling you, some of the names in this list, and I'm, I'm even putting names in this list that... You, you can find tweets from me three months ago saying, nah, he's not going anywhere. Well, he might be going somewhere. So this is, uh, I'm probably a couple days away from, from releasing this. Just know that there are offensive players, because that's where I am right now. I'm, I'm, I'm finished with the offense, that are going to surprise you on this cut list. So it's, it's kind of weird for me to watch football right now, knowing that I'm <laughs> also, not not rooting, of course, but I'm I'm also right. you know saying that this this guy's current contract may be in, in dire peril just months away from here. But what's your sense? You, you know, all of that aside, what's your sense of where things land right now? Is the picture starting to come become a little clearer? Or uh, is any anything kind of waiting out there for you? We're, we're a couple of minutes here away from the snow the snow fest in Green Bay. Certainly, there's some anticipation and some relevancy to that game. Where, where, where are you living right now with the NFL? Still, still questionable on some teams. You know, like Pittsburgh was down and looked like they were completely out of it, and then they, they somehow come back and you know they had a good quarter. Is, Isn't it weird? They they had one is. good quarter. It is. And, you know, everything that I was watching and saw on Twitter is, oh, my gosh, the, the, the Colts defense is for real. And then all of a sudden it was like they came out of half and it, they were not for real. So, you know, you know, what's got Pittsburgh is a if, perfect team to it, because I know we're kind of just spitballing here and and it's not like us to just kind of, you know, recap the NFL, the NFL. But the reason I, I opened the way I did with you is. There, there might be no more interesting team for 2021 than Pittsburgh. And what happens over the next two to three weeks with that team could completely change that franchise for the next five, 10 years. Seriously. Like if, right. if, they, if they flake out here, especially in the first round of the postseason, I'm not sure what happens to Ben. Because look, that Mike Tomlin has been extremely vocal of saying it's, you know, if Ben wants to come back, we're going to have to allow him back basically like we're not sure that he's the right player for us going forward after this season. And so that's what I mean. You're saying kind of what I'm saying, which is that team's garbage for three weeks. They were garbage for three quarters today, but somehow their defense kept a minute at least to some degree. And Ben was able to turn that thing around miraculously in one quarter. But I guess that's exactly the example I wanted to have there, which is the business versus the football is all coming together right now. And it's not necessarily for 2020. A lot of it has 2021 implications. And in Pittsburgh's situation where there may be a starting quarterback change, that's more far reaching even. I mean, we're going to have, you know, what's going on with the Saints? What if they bounce out early? What if the Steelers bounce out early? You know, Minnesota's out. Kirk Cousins is a, is a whatever. The, you know, Garoppolo's backups have been decent. He seems to be out. All these teams that have quarterback concerns 
you're talking major, major changes in, in a couple of months if things don't go perfectly over the next few weeks here. So per- Pittsburgh is a perfect example. And by the way, so is Indy because <laughs> Philip Rivers for three quarters of that game looked like the Philip Rivers of old throwing haymakers down the field, uh, you know, perfectly on target. Do they feel like they have to bring him back next year? Because that's a team we've identified for a Carson Wentz. Like, you know, I can't say Cam Newton anymore, but one of those younger, maybe available Sam Darnold's, Derek Carr's, you know, a player like that. But if Philip Rivers can do this for 16 more, 17 more weeks next year, I think you got to bring him back. So there you go. That game right there has so many implications going forward. And that's kind of what I'm saying. A lot of these, te- these, these matchups do this week. What else stood out for you? I mean, maybe let's go to the Chiefs. I mean, are, are well, they just kind of LeBron James in it right now, Scott? Are they just kind of kind of coasting into the yeah. postseason? Yeah, I, I think so. Why not? I mean, it, it, especially next week, is they're going to be a shell of themselves because now they locked up home field advantage throughout. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I think they sort of probably pump the brakes. They don't want to show – uh, too many more hands of what they may have in their playbook, uh, waiting for the playoffs to pull out anything new. So they're just going to go status quo from here on out. And, you know, they're they're going to rest probably most of their starters, I would think, going into next week because they want to make sure. Plus, they have a bye. Um, so they're, they're right. going to have at least two weeks of uh, – healthy time to recover and do whatever they need to, you know, I'm going to flip the script and go to the bottom of the standings right now. I mean, we have the jets that (laughs) they've won two straight games right now. So our conversation that we had in the past uh, couple weeks of what do they do? Just swap out all the the word, the jets words with Jaguars words. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, that, they weren't ready for a Trevor Lawrence, but maybe this is their way of getting out of not having Trevor Lawrence and, you know, taking um, a, a lineman or a team that wants to go up. You yeah, know, that trade out. Pick. Still trade out. Two pick is, is, you know, a prime spot for massive trade assets to, to mm-hmm. drop down. We've saw it with the, uh, the, the Rams and the, uh, Redskins with the RG three trade and the slew that the Rams got back for that. Uh, the jets could get a slew back of that. Then on top of it, you have Houston, who, as you said, off the top, JJ Watt is pissed. So what does that mean for him moving forward, is he going to be in this player empowerment? You know, I want to get out and I want to be on a contender for the last few years of my career. Um, yeah. Houston doesn't even get that first round pick that goes to Miami. And right now they're, you know, a top four team. So Miami's going to get a top four pick uh, out of the gate here. Yeah. Um, and then you've got, you're right. I mean, I mean, it, it's, it's not too early to start talking draft because of everything you're saying. There's so many implications. Um, let's focus on the Jets quickly just for a few minutes. Again, um, the college playoff could not be more important for them. Justin Fields yes. has to has to destroy that playoff because he's yep. been sort of counterproductive to some degree or maybe just a small step back this year in, the, in this weird year. But if he has a huge playoff and, and carries Ohio State places, now that Jets pick number two becomes gold, true gold yes. uh, for a team that's looking to get up there to do that. So I still think the move is to trade it. And I, I know they won two games in a row here, but 
they didn't they weren't in danger of losing the, the number two pick because Atlanta and Carolina and, and those teams were, were a game away from them. Cincinnati's a game away from them. So they, they could stand to win this one. And if you think about it from the other side of it, Scott, this is Sam Darnold trying to save his job and he's doing a pretty darn good job of it with a coaching staff that has let him down. There's no question about it. The coaching staff is not fit for this team or maybe any team, to be honest. So good for Sam Darnold kind of rallying these troops in miserable situations and maybe putting his career back into some sort of spotlight, whether it's with the Jets next year or with another team, he's playing for himself right now and it's working. So maybe, you know, maybe there's a glimmer of hope, but even more reason, I think, if the Jets decide that he's done enough, now you've got your quarterback. I think you got your left tackle and that gigantic Mackay Becton player. Uh, you got Quinton Williams on the defensive line. That's three pieces that are gigantic positions. You know, your left tackle, your defensive lineman, kind of mobile defensive lineman and your quarterback. If, if you're comfortable with those three, that's a pretty good start. Now you're just kind of filling in weapons and certainly some, some more pieces on the defensive side of the ball. But yeah, get out of number two, get yourself, you know, three, four more picks next year, start to fill in those holes we just talked about and go from there. But it, you can make fun of the jets and to some degree, you know, winning at all stinks because you're right. It's a slam dunk with Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. So, but this might be easier for them because they don't have to move on from Darnold now. That's right. easier. Yep. That's it, It's easier to do that than have to do what the Cardinals did with well, Josh Rosen, you know, I, and I don't think it's a coincidence that Greg Williams was removed from defensive coordinator and their defense yep. has picked it up as well. So, you know, it goes to, again, coaching like we've talked about, play calling and whatnot. So, so something has turned the tides that they, you know, whether internal discussions of we got to do whatever we can to not have that number one pick because we're not right. ready or, um, you know, just the shift in, in coaching or whatever. But And you know what's interesting, Scott, is just to sort of piggyback off that Darnold conversation, you're talking Adam Gase, we're talking maybe Doug Marone in Jacksonville, Certainly, I would, I would imagine Anthony Lennon with the Chargers. These are these are kind of sitting ducks, you know, and, and the question comes up so much from the media. Why aren't these guys being fired? Well, you got to think about it from almost every single angle here. Number one, the losses aren't bad for the franchise. You know, Jacksonville's trying not trying to lose here. Um, but from a Doug Marone standpoint, if he's the coach, he has a chance to improve his stock. Now, even though he's about to get fired in two weeks, you know, I think there's a good chance he's probably going to walk away from that, that franchise, but he's now thinking about his 2021. So again, with my opening comment, there's so much right now that that is not for 2020 anymore. It's, it's for 2021 and then some, and that includes the coaches who are on the hot seat or, or maybe already know they're out the door, but are just being good soldiers here. Those guys are trying to win, not for the Jets in 2020 or the Jaguars in 2020, but for their own bank accounts in 2021 and their coaching careers. So you've yep. got the pendulum swinging both ways, right? If, if the Jets are trying to lose, that's great. But everybody else inside that organization has a real interest in winning for their own purposes. And maybe it has nothing to do with the Jets. So it's really weird. And that's why week 15, 16, 17 like this is just... It's fascinating to me because you can look at it from so many different angles 
and everybody maybe has their own, <laughs> you know, piece of the pie. So who else? I mean, what other teams that are out there for you that are interesting in this regard? There's, there's a lot of those middling teams like Detroit and Minnesota and Denver where, you know, you know, maybe Detroit moves on from Stafford, but other than that, I, I don't, you know, they're, they're going to be kind of who they are for the next couple of seasons because they're invested one way or another. But uh, is there another team kind of hanging out there? That's That's interesting to you. Yeah. The Washington football team. Sure. I mean, we we've had Dwayne Haskins who started, has been replaced by Alex Smith and Kyle Allen. They they started him again. You know, as you have mentioned, <laughs> tr- trot him out there so that they can at least try to get the draft stock up or you know trade stock up there as much as possible. And then the kid, uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Is right that now, a good sign? He, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I mean, he comes in and he's he's Taylor Heineke or Heineke yeah. or whatever it is, right? He's slinging the ball and moving the moving the chains there and making it not look good for Dwayne Haskins once again. And, you know, all on the radio this week from the few times that I listened to every time I turned it on, they were talking Dwayne Haskins and how he's just shot himself in the foot and the football team. They, you know, they shouldn't have drafted him to start because he said in the in whatever interview Mm -hmm. that he had in the beginning of his career here that he doesn't even like football. Yes. And you know, and then he and urban Meyer said he wasn't ready to come out. So right. <laughs> shame on so you for drafting him. Right. Exactly. And, and now they're trying to trot him out and it just isn't going to work. They don't really know, you know, who knows with Alex Smith, if he's going to, uh, do you think, do, do you get the sense that people are rooting for Alex Smith to come back or do you think it's, there's just not enough left there to really make an impactful, you know, contribution to that team going forward. I guess let's make it a more general question. What do you think the Washington football team is going to do with the quarterback position? Because there's obviously going to be options in every Avenue. Their yeah, draft pick's are. not going to be phenomenal. It's going to be yeah, maybe eight or nine ish. I haven't looked, but I'm guessing it's right around there. Don't you think? Uh, let's see. Two, so do you think it's going to be about 12? They're about 11, 12 right now, depending on what they do next week, uh, because there's a slew of teams at six and nine right now. So, um, you know, yeah, you're right. Ron, it might be teens at this point. You're right. So, so I don't know what Ron Rivera is going to want to do, whether he's going to want to move up, you know, th- th- they've done it before, go up to number two. Are they going to be a team that <laughs> wants to move up and, and, I'm going to guess it's not going to be another Ohio State kid. (laughs) (laughs) Or are they going to go to the slew of um, veteran quarterbacks that we've been talking about in the carousel? They're in an interesting predicament, and um, it's going to be what fits because they have a – they have a nice slew of young kids that have really come yeah. up. They were talking about it on the radio this morning of, you know, all these guys that have career highs and they're showing what they have in, in certain players. And they've got a nice foundation. They they just need a competent quarterback, which they had an Alex Smith for a few weeks. I mean, Alex Smith was really moving the ball around. Guys were getting their yards, their their receptions, their whatever. They, I, I was even picking guys in in DFS because I knew. And then as soon as Dwayne Haskins was in there, I, I stayed away from those guys because I knew he wasn't going to move the ball as well as Alex Smith was. So, if you give Alex another 
six to eight months of, you know, actual um, football movements and football practices and, you know, simulated whatever. Maybe he can be the starting quarterback in, in 2021 and they, they're able to bring in a, you know, an Andy Dalton type to f- fill in that has the experience that can uh, fill in like they did in, in Dallas. Yeah, they. Uh, it's an interesting scenario. They're in decent shape from a cap perspective. I'm kind of doing a quick dive into them right now because they really are interesting. You're right. They've got a WR1. They've got an RB1. They've got a, a really kind of surprisingly good offensive line right now. And the defense is a stud. And, and and I am not even going to mention the defense because I think we all kind of know how solid that's that's rounded into yeah. form. So I think you need a left tackle and a quarterback. And even Logan Thomas has been kind of a blossoming player for that team in terms of the tight end position. So I, they can certainly handle keeping Alex Smith's contract as it is through 2021 and also do something else. You know, bring in... Uh, I guess I don't have it. If, whether, maybe it is a draft pick. Maybe it is a, uh, the third or fourth quarterback in the draft, uh, somewhere around the 12th pick, which is kind of where we've seen those kind of players go. So I, I like that idea. Boy, Alex Smith mentoring a rookie again, huh? <laughs> right? We can, that, uh, that certainly worked out the first time. I, I, interesting team. Really, it surely is. And, and there's, a, there's a few more out there for sure. We haven't even mentioned really the the teams that have locked in their position here in terms of the bills and uh, the Seahawks today clinched not too well, much and, to talk about he, there, you know, and going back to to Washington real quick, no one has locked up that division yet. I know. So if they, if, if they lock that division, they're going to jump to 19 or 20 as opposed to, you know, 13, 14, You're right. 12, wherever it might be. So lock, whatever happens in that division, with right. locking up the division is, is significant. Yeah. Does Dallas even want to be there? (laughs) I mean, Dallas got back into the party today and you're right. Somebody, somebody who wins that division is going to lose significant draft stock, which I understand that that's maybe a small price to pay, but I don't think it is because these aren't good teams. And when you're not a good team, your first round pick matters quite a bit. So yeah, I think that's, uh, are these teams really trying (laughs) win the division right now. Maybe that's the storyline for week 17. You're welcome. Get up. Um, okay. Anything else NFL wise you want to get to before we uh, maybe shift gears to the NBA here? Because I, uh, I like I said, I'm going to have qu- quite a bit of content here in this coming week. And uh, we're going to do a bit of a recap as well this later this week. Kind of a look back in 2020. And yeah. there's plenty of NFL to get to there, you know, you know, starting with, of course, the biggest contract in the history of the NFL. <laughs> Uh, certainly, we'll talk. Be talking Patrick Mahomes and that contract again. And yeah, I do. I, I have one thing. Go ahead. In, in in your roster that you're going through, I'm curious to know: are 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 you taking into account that the cap is potentially going to drop to the 175 that we have, and that's what you're going off of, or are you just going off of at the cap at the cap numbers that they are, regardless of where a team is? in cap hell or cap. Yeah. Good awesome. question. Cause I think the process might be interesting to some of you out there. So I, I'm trying because I'll, I'll start this way. I'm going in with the, even though the site says 175 for next year, because that's the minimum threshold. The NFL has allowed it has, has said it will go. 
I'm going into next season in my head and also for this article with the notion that the cap is staying chalk, that it's actually okay. not going to drop, that somehow they're going to find money in the banana stand or, you know, the actual NFL or, or the TV and streaming money that's coming. They're kind of getting some premonition of what that's actually going to be and that it's going to be bigger than they anticipated. And that's going to, you know, help a, a lot out. And they're going to be able to go to the owners and say, look, we got this coming. This is right here down the pipeline. We just got to get ourselves through 2021 and suck it up and, uh, you know, maybe raise your beer prices a dollar and 50 or something, <laughs> whatever you got to do. But I, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go with the anticipation that the cap is going to stay pretty close to the same, hopefully the same because all the other leagues have done that. And I'd hate to see the NFL take the, take the loss and, and really screw with some of these teams. So step one for me with this process is not to think about where is this team from a cap perspective. It is simply to look at the player and look at their cap number for next year. And in my head, think to myself, does this belong? Does this, does it pass my eye test? Just looking at, for instance, Marquise Pouncey and $14.4 million for a center next year for Pittsburgh, who, like I said, who knows where they're going to be. Um, so if it's cloudy in any way to me at first, I start to dig in. Then I start to look where that ranks. I start to look at the dead cap situation. I start to look at Pittsburgh's cap situation as a whole to kind of understand if they could tolerate this or if a restructure would be doable or if it's simply going to get to a point where now this guy's going to have to get off the roster or at least get out of this contract before he, he can rejoin the team, which I think there's going to be a lot of that similar to what we saw with baseball, where a lot of those options were declined because if you were at a $3 million option, teams were looking at that saying, yeah, I'll bring it back at 1.2 because <laughs> that's just where we have the leverage right now. So we're going to use it. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see a lot of that. So I'm trying not to factor that into this roster bubble conversation because that's unique where, you know, you might have Julian Edelman who's on a $6.6 .6 million cap hit next year. But if he wants to stay with Pittsburgh with the Patriots for his whole career, you know, it may just be, let's get out of this contract. We'll resign you one for four fully guaranteed. There's going to be a lot of that. And I'm trying not to include that because that's not a bubble player. That mm -hmm. is simply, all right, you know, that's a pay cut. We're going to rip it up and start over for 2021 purposes. I'm looking at the guys that it's really glaringly obvious that, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is not going to be playing on a $41 million cap at next year. <laughs> let's just let's put that out there. Teaser spoiler alert. That's going to be, you know, leading the conversation here, but that's kind of the process. I, I it's, it, it's an eye test for me. Then I start to dive into the dead cap and the numbers of the actual team. But from a cap perspective, Scott, I'm, I'm really hoping that the NFL finds a way to keep this thing chalk and doesn't drop the cap at all. But maybe yeah. that's wishful thinking. Today's Spot Track podcast is presented by OLBG.com. Check this website out. This is an, a neat little sponsor for us and great for me because I'm, you know, I'm into the sports betting world a little bit, uh, certainly the DFS stuff, but I, you know, because New York State isn't an online betting state yet, I haven't really gotten myself into a deep dive of, you know, parlays and hedging my bets and, and teasers and all that stuff. So, I can I can say the lingo. I can kind of get myself into the conversation with it, but until I'm actually able to do it on a regular basis, this is the place to go. It is the online betting guide. It's for people that love the NFL, certainly at least the start. They're doing contests right now. You know, your pick them contest where you get to pick teams and things like that. They're giving away money. It's a free contest every single week. So they'll do it again next week for week 17. 
Check out OLBG.com. Get yourself into the Pick'em Contest. What is this place? It's a sports betting community where expert handicappers are sharing their predictions. And then you get to basically compete with them or compete with other bettors. And it's a competition. It, it's, you know, there's a game aspect to the website, but at the same time, you're learning. These experts are teaching you how to make informed betting decisions. So it's, uh, it's kind of the best of both worlds. Like I said, it's perfect for me. I mean, it's in my wheelhouse of where I am as a better. And I think that probably goes for quite a lot of you out there. So visit olbg.com at olbg on Twitter. Scott, let's flip the switch. Talk some basketball. It's here. We made it. It's about a weekend now. The Christmas games were absolute garbage dumpster fires. Uh, I didn't even get myself through most of them. <laughs> if you if you did, God bless you. Uh, um, I'm going to open with this because it seems like the right way to open. Uh, Brooklyn's pretty damn good. Any they questions? Are. Not at all. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Expand on it. What does it mean for James Harden? What does it mean for Kyrie Irving and Durant? Um, you know, all these, all these assets on that team that we thought were going to be expendable because they just seem to be dead weight. Somehow Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni have figured this thing out in like 11 hours. I mean, they hit the, hit the ground completely running. Yeah. This team is probably the deepest team in the NBA right now because they haven't moved those assets. You know, if Durant is not on the floor, Irving's not on the floor, they still have Levert, they still have Dinwiddie, they still have Jared Allen. You know, pretty much everyone has been contributing at this point. So they're extremely deep right now. Um, uh, And and you know what, Scott? They know it too because Kyrie's playing defense. (laughs) I mean, that is like the biggest indicator that they love this team because he is trying his butt off right now. They are. And, and, you know, that was one of the blaring concerns for a lot of the analysts that I follow was they knew that this team was going to give offensive production in, you know, top five in the league. But their defense, they were predicting to be bottom three, bottom five. Mm -hmm. And, And that was their concern with them maybe having to make a move to acquire someone that was at least going to help them shift their defensive um, and prowess there. I think but they'll still right fall into a trap with it at some point. You know, it's just kind of the nature of the, of the beast of the regular season, but they're going to win so many more games that it's, it's not going to matter. It may matter in the postseason though. But, but the fact that they're deep means that they don't necessarily have to play Durant yeah. and Irving on some of those, you know, middling teams that they don't necessarily need to to put all their effort in. Isn't it crazy, Scott? Shame on all of us for begging James Harden to be traded there for those pieces when at the same time, we're all saying, well, can Kevin Durant actually come back from this Achilles injury? You know, don't you have to put him on a minutes restriction? Well, you can't. You can't have it both ways. You You can't make it a five man team and also ask Kevin Durant to only play 30 minutes a game when they already had this deep team that was set up perfectly yep. to keep Kevin Durant in check in terms of his minutes. It's, it is the perfect situation for them right now. And maybe that has to change at the March deadline, but they're, they have the ability now to slow play this thing because everybody's contributing, as you said. So yeah, I don't see any holes right now with it in turn. And even and Steve Nash has made some good decisions early on here. I expect that'll get even better. And you kind of mentioned it in the last show, Scott, him bringing in D'Antoni to kind of be his mentor you know, his veteran presence. That's just brilliant stuff. It's brilliant stuff. And the fact that we connected those dots to Harden, shame on us. (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) shame on us. Um, 
Speaking of the Rockets, any thoughts there? Harden didn't skip a beat. They took a loss. Um, Guy's something else, isn't he? Clearly, clearly out of shape. Clearly, mentally, just you know, a disaster, and goes for forty-four. So, what do we have to say about this guy's a top ten player, top ten offensive player in the history of basketball? Is am I? That's not hyperbole. This is ridiculous. What he's done now for five, six years. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. I I mean that that team. You know, he he. He put them at a, a disadvantage to start the season because, you know, they had to postpone the game. They didn't start. There was the potential that, you know, he was going to possibly lose money because of uh, not being – if that game played, he would have lost some money because of uh, not being able to play because of having to be quarantined. That happened to Lou Williams so in the that's, bubble. So that's something and, I didn't realize, Scott, and, and it didn't come up with you or Keith at all, and maybe it's just our bad for not asking the right questions, but if, you, if you're if you a quarantining because you violated a protocol, a COVID protocol – you lose the, is, do you lose the whole game check or is it half a game check? How does that work? Uh, it, it would count as like a suspension. So he would lose in this this season. It would be um, one of one forty fifth of his game check. So when do you lose the whole game check? Is there a scenario you can give us? Um, no, any suspension is going to be a partial of a game check. Is that one forty fifth specific to twenty twenty because of the seventy two game season, or is it is that just kind so of one, generally the rule? One one forty fifth is the general rule for this season, and that is up until twenty games. At twenty games plus, it's usually hmm. uh, one of one hundred and twentieth. But this season, it's going to be one of one one ninety. Excuse me, one of 97. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Fractions um, <laughs> on a Sunday night here. But um, yeah, it's reduced if it's 20 games or more in one shot. So, and mm. where it's significant, at least with Houston, is any suspension, whatever that fined amount is, take 50% of that and reduces that player's luxury tax hit. Uh, so it would have been a little bit less on the luxury tax hit for Houston if yeah, that would have happened. I did some reading but on that. If, I think I think that has to come from the league, though. That's got to be a league suspension. I don't think you you can team suspend a player and then also save luxury it, tax. Correct. So right, you're right. Is. He'd have to he'd have to be conduct detrimental to the league at that point. But kind of just good good food for thought here as we go through because there's always many instances throughout the year where players are fined and, and suspended for various but, things. So good to know that things have changed and that, you know, look, we've already talked about luxury tax loopholes as it is. That's, you know, that, that exists out there too. But in that case, it, it, it's a league policy. So that would have counted towards re- helping in a reduction of that salary oh, wow. uh, for the luxury tax. That would not have been a team. That's a league policy with the quarantining. So, um, if it happens again, you know, he wants to take a joy ride again and, and cause the issue. I mean, who knows, but yeah, it would have helped a little bit in luxury tax. Not that they, they care necessarily, but um, yeah, they do. They're yeah, fringe. We'll they're, they're fringe yeah. payers right now. Yeah. So we'll see where, we'll see what happens, but it, it's, it's a shame that that had to happen 
with this situation out of the gate like that for the league. And because that's all that was talked about for a few days there and, you know, all the contact tracing and because of the contact tracing, they didn't have enough guys. They have to have eight guys to play and they didn't have enough. So they had to postpone that game and, and hopefully, hopefully things can, um, you know, settle down and won't have any issues. I mean, we saw it in, in baseball with the Marlins and that settled down. So hopefully this is just an isolated occurrence. You know, I was just about to ask you if the Knicks were ever going to win a game. <laughs> and I flipped on the scores, and yep. they're, of course they're beating the Bucks right now at halftime. Yeah, they are. So, I, I, so, my, I got it on my iPad right here watching <laughs> as you're talking. So. Uh, that's a bad team. There's a lot of bad teams, and I think that may be one of the storylines of this NBA season. I, I you know, disclosure, I've, I'm fully aware that we're two games in here, and, uh, you know, that any kind of future thinking or projecting here is simply just that. It's circumstance, but, you know, it's... It's a it's a shortened season to some degree. It's a it was a shortened off season. It's kind of, you're gonna you're gonna have to evaluate these things maybe week by week, and and because it's a little bit more important this year than it would be, especially as teams are trying to get financially healthy or maybe make some trade deadline moves. Kind of in uh, in conjunction with the Houston conversation, you know you know Russell Westbrook goes to Washington. There's some flair there. And usually there is wherever he goes. Bradley Beal can shoot the lights out any night. There's some nice young players in that team, but they're they're zero two. They're zero two, and that's kind of been Russell's thing, right? Wherever Russell yeah, goes, actually, it's big time numbers, but not many wins. Is that a? I, but they're they're winning right now, and yeah. Russell's not playing. So we'll we'll see well, if they there can, you go. They can, Point taken. We'll see if they <laughs> we'll see if they can get the win if they can hold off. Orlando or not, I, I think from only having played two or three games for all these teams, yeah. I mean, my my initial observation is any team right now in the beginning of the season can win games. I mean, Sacramento Kings, they're 2-0. and We'll see if they regress towards their mean, but you have teams like that or Minnesota – uh, that are they're, they're winning the games that they have to win right now. And then you have teams like Toronto who hasn't won a game. They're Owen to at the yeah. bottom of the East. I'm sure with the team that they have, they'll turn it around. Um, but right now, because of all of the off season maneuvers that we saw of musical chairs or, you know, re- readjusting the deck chairs on the Titanic, whatever you want to call it, you know, we're probably seeing at least an initial start of this season, the fruits of all of that movement that we saw and we talked about. It's going to be sloppy. There's no practice time, right? I mean, these teams are still assimilating with each other at this point. And that too. But I think because of all the movement, you know, you had more teams going all in to try to do what they could to, you know, jockey for, that play in spot in some cases, you know, we've never had outside of that bubble situation in previous season, we've never had these play in. So not only do does seven and eight get in, but nine and 10 actually count for something now. So you have teams that are going to try to get within those four games in a 10 game reduced season to try to make a chance for the playoffs. Now, I mean, it, it, it adds an element that we've never seen before. The Knicks have $75 million of active cash in this season. That means 
cash being paid out to players on the active roster. It's it's not even close to being it's 30th in the league by a, by a ton. It is 96 million less than the Warriors. Those are two records that are going to be pretty close, aren't they, at the end of the year? One in 30 in in cash spending. Golden State just doesn't have it. They just don't have it. And that's okay. That's okay. That's, that's, it's not really their fault to a lot of degrees here, but um, that's going to be something to watch, Scott. They've got 170 million invested cash in this year. And that includes, of course, Clay. So that's a huge number. I mean, that is almost 20 million more than the number two Brooklyn Nets who have, as we mentioned, one of the deepest rosters in all basketball. So the fact that Golden State might not win 30 games after paying 170 million just to players, you're not even talking about the rest of the expenses, of course. Uh, Boy, that's a tough business pill to swallow. That's a big one. And, uh, you know, I know we've already had a conversation about their luxury tax situation, but when is this going to break? Like, when is the ownership going to have to say, hey, we got a slower roll. We are not the 90s bulls right now. You know, that that window is clearly gone and we have to stop acting like we're like we're rolling in billions of dollars every year because clearly they are in the red right now. There's no question about it. There's no fans. They've got a you know, gazillion dollar stadium that they just opened arena that they opened which can't even have music events, which is part of the reason it was built in the first place. Uh, I just, I look at that number and it's terrifying to me because I don't know how many games they can actually win this year with what they have out there. And, uh, you know, I'd like to see them down there with the Knicks because I know exactly who the Knicks are based on what their cash flow looks like. <laughs> no, you make a great point. Um, they, they have Clay signed. They've got Draymond signed. You've got, you know, Steph, there, that may be a reason why he didn't want to sign an extension. Uh, he never did, right? About, you know, we no, had that conversation because it was percolating when LeBron signed his and then it never got there. Yeah, and so he, he'll be a free agent in 2022. Yeah. So he's got this season plus one more at least with the Warriors. Um, so, I mean, that would be it. That would be what you do is you trade Steph, right? Nah. Uh, uh, that's kind of how you put a kibosh on whatever dynasty you've kind of dragged out here. But like I said, I, I just, you can't consider that them being even contenders right now in the West, not even close. I mean, they're, they're not going to win. Like I said, 30 is going to be a high bar right now for them based on what we're seeing. So it's uh yeah, that's tough to see because you know, everybody else up there, I, I understand what they're doing. You know, Utah has got their young players, Houston. Well, we understand, um, you know, Philadelphia, similar to, to Utah and certainly the Clippers in terms of a little bit older vets, but they had to, they had to pay a high to get them in the door. Same with Brooklyn. You know, the teams that stand out to me up there are Golden State at one in terms of cash spending here. New Orleans at seven. Boy, that's a bad start. I know it's two games, three games here, but New Orleans looks sloppy and they are spending a lot of money and they have spent a lot of assets to make the movements that you mentioned, Scott. And I just, I, I wonder if it was reckless spending, reckless movement to put together a team that sounds good on paper, but looks really bad on the court. We're going to have to watch that. Of course, Washington mm-hmm. at eight because of Russell, you know, Minnesota, I'm not sure how many games Minnesota's going to win. These are top 10 cash payroll teams. We don't even get to the Lakers until number 10. 
And I think we all are in agreement that that's the best team in, in the league right now and not even close, even after a t- you know the title. So if you're talking about the top 10 cash spenders in, in, in the NBA for this season, at least half of them scare the hell out of you. <laughs> Golden State, Houston, New Orleans, Washington, Minnesota. There's five of 10 right there that we probably would agree don't belong there, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's a that's a tough I, way I'll to look at the the league right now. But I, like I said, I can understand when teams try to go, but I'm not sure any of those teams should be trying to go right now. <laughs> no, and doesn't this show how valuable Durant was to the Warriors? Yeah. It does. It really and I get it. it, it they they've been they've had a stint of injuries with Clay and Steph in the last two seasons and no Clay for this season. And we'll see what he can come back to next season. Uh, you know what, though, really though, it, Scott, maybe value. maybe that's a it, that's obviously right. I mean, Durant is one of the most valuable players the league has ever seen. But it also it also speaks to the fact that maybe it's just impossible to have a dynasty right now in this current financial situation, because where things got really bad, like right now is when they had to pay everybody. They paid everybody. They didn't let anybody walk. They paid the whole core. And they tried to pay Durant too. And you know, what would, what would be the case if he was still there and had that injury? Um, I just wonder if that's the storyline to take away here is that you can't fall in love with your team for too long in this league. You can't do it. Everybody's going to get paid somewhere. Um, so it's not about keeping a guy to make sure he gets the maximum, you know, from a player's perspective that you can, you can make a ton of money in the cabs right now who are two and oh, by the way, um, I wonder if that's the takeaway is that, you know, Brooklyn, if the, if the, if the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets maybe are the next couple of teams that have a good couple of year run, when do they have to cut it off? When do they have to cut the snake off at the head? And that's maybe the hardest part of being a GM right now in this league is knowing that having yeah, Steph, for, having Steph for 10 years is okay, but having Steph and clay and Draymond and everybody for 10 years, it's just reckless business. I think reckless business. Yeah, yeah, it's a delicate balance because you want to be loyal to those those players that you drafted and 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 pay them. But as we talked about in the past, some of these salaries are getting so astronomical that it's you know it's going to break teams in a financial sense as we're seeing with the Warriors, especially when you have uh, the injuries that have been happening to them. And and I, I'm interested to it, I haven't read anything, but I'm curious to know anyone that has an injury background, a medical background of the the pounding tear yeah. of those bodies over that five year stretch of going to those finals. You know, how is it that f- these injuries are fluke or is it because they've had so much pounding? Now, the anomaly is LeBron yeah. because he's been he's been there, you know, um, almost every year for the last 10 years or whatever it's been, except for one. So he's, he, he's an anomaly, but Steph had injury issues with the ankle when he Steph when got he old real out. fast. Steph got and, old real and, fast. And, and now in last season, it was his hand. Um, and, you know, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see what Golden State does moving forward because, yeah. You know, Will they have to cut it off, right? But let's stay stay on this topic for just a few more minutes and then we'll get out of here, Scott, because in saying what I'm saying, I'm also not saying, which maybe varies from the other leagues, certainly the NFL, I'm not saying they should rip it right down. I'm not saying take it to the bottom because let's look at the bottom of the cash payrolls. 
Okay. <laughs> There's only one team down there worth a damn truly. Yeah. And it's Dallas. Yeah. And I think yeah. we understand that Dallas doesn't have the firepower right now. And it's because Persingas is injured all the time. So in a similar fashion to, to what <laughs> to write to what Golden State's going through, it's Steph and nobody. And it's Luca and nobody right now. And, uh, you know, one team is paying 81 million and one team is paying 170 million. So Dallas can, can live with this right now because the fact that they're not winning at all. Well, they, they also haven't pushed it all in financially. They haven't gone through that, that stint where they grabbed a marquee free agent or grabbed a huge trade piece to go with Luca to say, Hey, this is our time now. All right, the Lakers are weaker right now. We can do this. Whatever it's going to be, it's just not right now. They didn't do that. Mark Cuban made smart, calculated moves, but he didn't make the all-in move. That's why they're twenty seventh in cash right now, and certainly it's because Luca's on a rookie contract as well. I'm not, I'm not, you know, shying away from that. But Knicks, Thunder, Bulls, Mavs, Cavs, Kings, Hornets, Spurs, Hawks. There's your low payrolls right there, and then we get to Miami at twenty one, and things start to get fun there. Because now you're in the middle of the pack, which is which is what I'm saying. That is where good teams have to fall at some point, not down to 30, but maybe in the in the low 20s or the or the high teens. And you've heard, you've heard me have this conversation with football, right? I mean, the Patriots and the Seahawks for a lot of years, they weren't number one, they weren't number 30, they were 15, 16, 18. They were in the middle of the pack in terms of their cap allocations. And not just in total, but also the way they positioned their money and allocated it across their, their various positions. Um, you know, that's the kind of nerdy stuff you and I look at a lot. And it does have trends. It does kind of bear out analytically to who can contend in a given season. It's why I think a lot of people, and I would agree, put Miami right back on the conversation. They didn't go and make that splash. They did keep some of their own players. And that'll start next year. But they're built with rookies, with with, you know, five-year vets and with a couple of older vets. That's the mix you need. You can't have, you know, like I said, I just don't know if you can outlast with a dynasty of 10-year vets like the Golden State Warriors are trying to put together and, and have and maybe get back to at some point. It's just a really interesting dynamic that I really I really think about a lot with all the leagues, but there's a microcosm to it with the NBA because it's, it's smaller rosters. You know, and it's it's mm-hmm. it is so much more impactful to change Clay Thompson it is. than it is it to is. change, you know, Amari Cooper off the Cowboys. There's just mm-hmm. so much less impact to do that because there's six other wide receivers in the roster. Well, there's only one Clay Thompson, and when he's healthy, he is as good as there is out there. But something to think about. I mean, when you're looking at our site and you're looking at some of these rankings that we have in, in these trackers, you know, maybe Dallas can buck the trend and be a lot better for a ridiculously low payroll. But we're here to tell you that generally doesn't happen. Generally, you know, I look at Boston at 16. I look at Denver at 14. uh, That's the sweet spot. So if you're looking to make some smart bets based on money, there you go. There's your uh, tip of the week. Go ahead. Yeah, so I got one more thing to talk about um, is the numbers for those uh, rookie extensions came in. So one of the interesting things out of these rookie extensions were they were less than reported in some cases because the reported number included unlikely to be earned incentives. So uh, some of these teams did some interesting work in making some of these uh, 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 incentives unlikely. Scott, is that not normal? Cap. Um, it, it, it's usually a mix, yeah. but 
in some cases like OG Ananobi, he had no incentives at all. It's just a four year, 72 million with a player option, which is usually the case that you see in a lot of contracts. We're seeing more incentives being added in. But with these rookies, why it's significant is the unlikely aspect of the incentives does not count towards the cap. So or the tax or the tax. Okay. It doesn't hit until they're likely. So some of these are based on, you know, they have game performance metrics in their games played metrics or in stuff like that. Uh, some of the specifics ha- I, I'm still tracking down, but, you know, their cap hits are lower because of them being unlikely. The Brooklyn Nets did this with uh, Kyrie Irving and, and Kevin Durant when they signed them. They signed them and had some incentives in there. I think Durant had his that were likely. Irving may have had one or two that were likely, but some were unlikely. So that the initial has their cap lower, and then as they meet those thresholds, then those likelies would kick in and their cap would increase because they thought the cap would, would so go two, up. So. so two questions with these, because I, I've got my NFL hat on still here, and that's a big part of NFL contracts, as, as you might know. It, are these generally tied to playing time? Like, are they are they health? Because I know Embiid has this too, um, specifically because he was injured so much and missed so many games. You know, it, it, it takes basically a full season of play for Embiid to make his full salary. Um, so are these incentives generally tied to minutes or is it average minutes per game? Is it games played in a regular season, percentages, things like that? Um, is it kind of the per game active bonus in the NFL contract? It's really a mix. So some will be, if, if you're a defensive player, it'll be, I've seen one where it's like blocks per minutes played, or, um, you may have it that it's a certain free throw percentage or a three point percentage, or, um, it's a combination of had to play 50 games and meet this threshold. Hmm. Um, so, so it's a little bit all over the place in dealing with last season. They had to prorate some of the values of the incentives because of not having it based off of 82 games. So they had to prorate. And if you're, if the incentive was already a percentage based incentive, you didn't get prorated, but if it was a hard value, so if it was, you made a hundred three pointers, you get this incentive, then they would have prorated it based on 66 games or however many at that time out of the 82 and, and shifted accordingly. Um, but there, there's probably two handfuls or three handfuls of players that I know of that have incentives um, that, that we, that we put on. It's interesting that it's the superstars too, because we think of these players that have so much power and maybe all the power, but this is a little bit of the power that the team gets back here. Yeah. And some of these incentives, I mean, like I said, Durant, I know for sure. And, and Kyrie Irving off the top of my head, they have a slew. If you go, there's like eight bullet points of all incentives. Drew holiday had, um, uh, an incentive that changed his, um, Luxury tax threshold. Second it. question, okay. Scott, while you're, while you're on that, are they, are they annual or is it kind of a trigger where you trigger it once and then the whole contract, it kind of comes up as one? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, in, in these cases, it's, if you trigger it based on the previous year, then it's triggered throughout the rest of the contract. But as soon as the next year you do not meet it, it 
turns it back to being unlikely to be earned. So it can toggle on and off throughout the contract based on Hmm. what metrics you meet and what metrics you don't. So that's why right now it's important for some of these guys going into next, you know, these contracts that I'm talking about, like Derek White, Kennard, Isaac, Fultz, Ananobi, these extensions don't kick in till next year. So we're dealing with cap hits that are uh, between – 12 and a half to 17 million dollars right now some of them could go up because of if they meet these criteria their bonuses would go up so for example Jonathan Isaac who is out for the this whole season with an injury his cap hit next year will be 17.4 million as soon as he's able to get the likely to be earned bonus it will go up to 20 million so you're adding you know, $2.6 million in cap. Now, you know, they're already over in Orlando, but that little bit is going to be interesting and, and, you know, good. It's just good business. I see this all the time in football, Scott, where you, you, you see a guy get extended, but you see that front year being real creative like that because they know that they can make it incentive laden and it'll actually help their cap two years in. I see this a lot with the NFL. It's very, very smart business. Um, it's a way to keep yourself kind of clean and get you, get yourself out of the woods in a couple of situations. Like, I mean, they knew Isaac wasn't going to play. So right. the structure of that contract is built in with that knowledge and it's going to help them as a team in, in 2021, an entire year from well, now. Well, in, in with Isaac and Fultz, because Orlando both, right. they're both in Orlando, you know, they're probably at some point going to be close to the tax in a few years when these two contracts hit plus whoever else they have. They've got Aaron Gordon and Vucevic and whoever else in there. I'd have to look and see when they're, you know, Zion. They're, they're free no. agents. But, <laughs> you know, the unlikely, it, 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 it is important when dealing with, you yeah. know, their cap hit. Yeah. I mean, I, I pray that your contracts don't start to become more and more like the NFL ones because (laughs) I don't wish that upon anybody, but it is good business. It is good business to get creative like this. It is. And we're we're seeing more of it. Like I said, out of the five here, four of them had the likely incentives or unlikely incentives. Um, hopefully we'll be able to get the, the exact information for when they're triggered or not. But, um, if you're interested, go check out Durant, check out, Irvings, because I know for a fact when they signed, they had a slew of crazy incentives that were in there based on playing time. E- even in theirs, it was if you made the playoffs, mm-hmm. you got an incentive. So it, it that was player initial friendly. signing, <laughs> yeah, right? Right, and, and as an initial aspect, yeah, I remember. No, I actually remember that last year, Scott Durant made a million dollars because Brooklyn got in, and he didn't do anything, <laughs> he didn't play anything. <laughs> right, and, and in some cases, it's. It, As long as the team wins 50 games and, you know, you didn't have to play in this case, you get the incentive. That was their way of starting as unlikely. And then if they make it, okay, we'll give you the bonus because you were on. You were probably helping and, you know, mentoring or whatever else you may have done. But if not, we at least save that amount towards the cap, towards luxury tax, anything like that. All right, let's finish with this. I'm, uh, I'm watching this Packers game. The snow fest as we speak mm-hmm. here. We're kind of recording 9 p.m. Eastern here. If you took, I saw it, I saw it as high as plus 460 this morning. If you took Aaron Rodgers to win the MVP, 
it is a whole lot more interesting right now. That's all I'm going to say. I think Mahomes has taken a bit of a step back the past three weeks. Aaron Rodgers has been taking steps forward and he is nine for 10 with two touchdowns. And this game <laughs> is just starting the second quarter. So I, uh, kind of cool that that one, that one might come down to week 17 might give the chiefs a little bit more pep next week. And certainly Aaron Rodgers doesn't need any more motivation than he's already getting, but something to keep an eye on for you betters out there who took a, took a chance on not betting Mahomes, who seemed to be the, sh- the shoe in for this award. So keep an eye on that one. And I'm going to flip back and watch the rest of this snowball in Green Bay. My thanks to The Athletic. There's going to be plenty to talk about. We had no trouble here finding content. They certainly are the kings of long form, short form, and audio content right now. Theathletic.com slash track Get you 40% off. Start your 2021 off with a cheaper way at tons of sports contact. OLBG.com. Like I said, a great new partner and it makes a lot of sense for a lot of us and hopefully a lot of you out there as well. OLBG.com, the online betting guide for Scott Allen. My name is Mike Genetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Trek Podcast. <laughs>